Welcome to the Death Battle cast starring Sam's dog. Uh, (laughs) You're still there. Hey. Perfect. Uh, Adorable. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm a voice of Wiz in uh, Death Battle. I'm joined by Samuel, the voice of Sam. And and this is Potato. He's very available. Please adopt him. Rescue dog, uh, fostering. Yes, yes, yeah. fostering him. Been fostering him for months now. Nobody seems interested. Oh no, mm-hmm. he's a good boy though. <laughs> All right, yeah. and we got. Well, you, you gotta you gotta sell him, Sam. <laughs> he's a great boy. I'm an honest man. This is not the best boy. <laughs> oh no. Uh, then we got Luis down there, voice of Luis, and also animation. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and then we're joined this week by the writer of the episode that just aired, Genevieve. Hey, Jen. Uh, how are you doing? What's going on over there? Well, uh, I've been working at Target. I bought the new Twilight book. I've been hanging out with my dogs. Um, you know, standard stuff for quarantine. <laughs> new How's Twilight, Twilight book? book? <laughs> Did I miss so something? <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, it's just, um, it's the first Twilight book from Edward's point of view, and it's called Midnight Sun, and it was written, like, star- it was first written, like, ten years ago, and it got leaked, and then Steffi Meyer got mad, so she never ended up releasing it, and then, uh, it came out this month, and it cost oh. $30. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a chunky book. Who knew? All right. Well, yeah, books can be boy. so expensive. Well, it's is a that cover, uh, it's big. like a pomegranate heart on the cover? It's That's a pomegranate. What it, like, which is... it is for sure a pomegranate. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Well, uh, who yeah, knew so we were going to start off this week's episode that way? Yeah. Mm, clearly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, as mentioned, a new episode of Death Battle just got released: Zuko versus Shoto Todoroki, battle of everyone's favorite fire boys, with a little ice sprinkled in there um we're super excited about this episode uh we've had this episode planned for a while like genevieve you started working on this at the end of 2019 i think yeah maybe when, like, we started things planning were normal. it was um it was a long delayed episode and i was very sad about it because as everyone knows zuko's my husband <laughs> yeah we yeah. actually originally Start planned to strong. air it in the in the first half uh of the uh, of the year uh and ended up getting delayed as some episodes got moved around worked out great because then avatar came out on netflix we weren't expecting that and it blew up and everybody had avatar fever right before we released this episode so that timed out great <laughs> um the death battle curse kind of worked in reverse yeah. in our favor this time around i guess yeah <laughs> um what what is happening behind over your shoulder luis oh oh dad don't worry about it Okay. It's it's just it's, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool, cool. Well I, I hope I hope he, he keeps, you know, those cabbages intact for once. Um He keeps uh, you know, uh <laughs> what? I love that what? in in, yeah. in Cora he's like built this massive business and I have no idea how because <laughs> as far as I'm aware, he loses his stock like every couple weeks. Insurance. <laughs> Oh, that might be it. <laughs> it's just been a bunch of insurance claims that have built up this massive, like, it's like a, this what is, is it, Cabbage gonna, Corp or something it, like that? 
can I, can I cut you off really quick, Ben? Because we actually uh, are skipping out on our company all hands right now because we have a podcast to do, and uh, that's just the Here way it works. Uh, Luis, you were just awarded uh, an award for being purposeful, oh. apparently. So good job, bud. Oh my gosh. Now you're here <laughs> instead of there. Buddy. Congratulations. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Mike, you Mike or TD today clued us in on it. So yeah, good job, bud. Okay. Way to be purposeful um, with your cabbages. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um, yeah. <laughs> Now, now wow, I feel right. now I feel now I feel like like a little bit response like just like putting the cabbage man on top of my bed. I was like I wasted like five minutes before the show to put that there. So like I'm <laughs> no <a little> purposeful. <laughs> no one will ever beat the uh, like because you're not there. This is like a common thing with Screw Tech or like Death Paddle people. It's like whenever we get something, we're not there. But one year, <laughs> Torian got like an Employee of the Year award, and this is when we were still remote in Dallas. And he was literally, they were just like, and Torian, and then like, he was in the background of our shot because they got a webcam and Sean was at the front of it and they turn around and Torian was asleep in his chair. It was the fucking best shit ever. <laughs> it was just like, you just got an employee of the award a year and you're asleep in your chair. I love it. This is so good. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I remember, I remember hearing that story and like, I, I couldn't, yeah. I, I couldn't help but laugh. Like the whole situation was like really funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, to be fair, it was because he was proper. there for like three days straight. But yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. working really hard. So it's like, yeah, he was getting the award for working very hard. It, like essentially, it was like, yeah, because he's been working very hard, days on days on days. He's now asleep in the background. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, <laughs> well, congratulations, Luis, for being thank you purposeful and purposefully uh, putting that <laughs> cabbage man. Back there, no problem. Um, I'll, I'll yes, keep being purposeful. Uh, we we do. I I I do really like the idea of bringing the Cabbage Man into any future Avatar death battles. I think it'd be great because, like, it's of course we got to do it, right? Yeah. Um, man, I, I just and, wish the Cabbage Man was like in other mediums so we can just put him in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> we just like throw him into random episodes, like a like the Wilhelm Wilhelm scream so or whatever. Hmm. I was oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that I was, I was lucky enough to write the Avatar episode so far. I think that mm. like have the Cabbage Man in because I was like, okay, we gotta put him in. There's no excuse to not. Yeah, yeah. we're close we, to not having him. Have to have him, but but we we decided like it has to be there. Like we had to add this scene. So yeah, it was definitely something that I'm was kind of added it. halfway through. Uh, it wasn't originally planned to be this like running gag for us because it's like that's a running gag in the show. So. That's not like our gag or whatever, but at the same time, it's like the point of death battle is to, well, aside from having characters beat the shit out of each other, is to sort of celebrate uh, characters and the franchises and series that they're from and 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 bring up those things that we love. Uh, you know, big nostalgia trip, uh, you know, some of the time. Uh, and the cabbage salesman is absolutely that kind of thing. So the, the thing that we need to add in some way to a future Avatar episode, whenever we bring, I don't know, uh, Katara or, or, or Korra or, or whoever in, I really, we need to figure out a way to add the secret tunnel song because it's like my favorite thing from the series and it has to happen. Uh, but we'll figure that out as we go. Anyway, uh, we do have a Q&A to, to run through for uh, Zuko versus Shota Todoroki. If you have not watched the episode yet, what are you doing here? We're about to spoil the shit out of that yeah. fight. Um, in, 
including who wins. So uh, that, that's honestly going to be answered in the very first question. So if you haven't seen the episode and you plan to duck out or just mute this for a while, I don't blame you. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into that. Uh, Sam, I don't know if you have the Q&A pulled up, um, but I can, mm -hmm. I can just jump in. Um, and then we'll, we, we'll also talk up. a little bit about the animation process with Luis and the writing process with Genevieve. But of course, as we're going through the Q&A, you guys feel free to jump in uh, and help answer any one of them. Um, so I'll just, as you're pulling that up, I'll just bring up the first question, uh, which is, uh, why didn't you include Sozin's Comet in the fight? Which is uh, something that we talked about a lot very early on with the research team, actually. Um, I, I seem to recall, we, we might have done Zuko versus, versus Todoroki as a community death battle ages ago. And I think we debated whether or not Sosa's Comet would be in, included. And, and there's a couple problems with including it and not including it. It's, it's, it's always difficult uh, when, when we have an episode with a character like this. Because technically, Zuko is at his best with Sosa's Comet. But he doesn't bring a Comet with him into battle. He's not carrying yeah. the freaking thing. He's not able to just summon it out of the sky. It only appears every 100 years. It's, it's not a reliable thing to give him in terms of like his combat ability. And also he's only used it, used it once. So I mean, you only there, have certainly... once of it lifetime basically. So it kind of, yeah. it kind of defeats the purpose. I, I, I think there is an argument to be made that you can use it and you can apply that uh, power boost. Um, but I also feel like if you do, you are definitely giving him something that most characters in death battle just don't, get access to. It's kind of like Batman with prep time. Like, uh, I know that's a completely different situation, but it is in, if we break it down to simplified like rules and whatnot, it's very similar in that like well, Batman bases his whole like fighting style typically over some big plan that he's already set up, but we don't give him that in death battle because that gives him an unfair advantage or changes the rules a little too much. It, it makes it more complicated than it needs to be. And so Zuko's comment, I think kind of falls into a similar category. Um, we did talk about whether or not the result would change with Sozin's Comet, and for the most part, we believe that it would be a lot closer, but Todoroki would probably still have a solid advantage. You can think of it like, uh, if, if they were fought, were to fight a hundred times, like, normally, surprise, okay, yeah, Zuka lost, uh, normally it would probably be like 70-30 <laughs> in, in Todoroki's favor, but like, with, uh, the Comet, it might be like, um, uh, uh, 55, 45 or something like that. It would be very close the, because their power level would be much more similar. Um, but uh, Todoroki still has more advantage as advantages outside of just firepower and ice power. I think that kind of answers it. I don't know. Genevieve, does that cover everything? Yeah. I mean, I, I would just repeat, like, it's not something that's in his arsenal. It's like a naturally occurring thing that occasionally rises Firerunner's power, but it's not something he can bring with him, like you said earlier. So it doesn't make sense. It has zero control over it. Yeah, exactly. it's already it's happened. It's a thing. So, if if there's another show out there like Death Battle that wants to do it with the comet, like I don't blame them at all. Like, go for it. You might like. That's just a thing that we try to stick to with with our rules. Um, and this is we're doing fictional. Um, something something I, I thought of recently. Uh, is that death battle and, and versus debates just in general are not scientific analysis. They're um, uh, interpretive analysis. 
Well, yeah, I mean, science and math goes into it, but it's very much sort of up to us to figure out how those should apply because we can't literally bring Zuko over here and say like, okay, Zuko, let's measure how uh, hot your fire is or how far it can go or whatever. Like we can't do that. So we have to interpret it from the material that is given to us. And so rules and stuff can get very complicated. And I prefer to try to go the simple route when it makes sense. Anyway, we move on to question two. Uh, yeah, now that I got them all up, and I honestly just, just I need a clean tap here. Okay, now it's on its own browser window. Okay, isn't Shoto a glass cannon? One attack from Zuko would have put him down. Kind of, but um, so is Zuko. As we mentioned in the episode, neither of them are fireproof, which essentially means like the second Shoto hits him with an ice with a, with a uh, deadly ice attack or blast of fire, Zuko's in trouble. Same thing for Zuko and Shoto, of course. But um, the durability factor wasn't much of a factor. You could argue actually that Shoto is physically tougher because Bakugo makes explosions in his face. Bakugo throws off a lot of like the durability stuff from my hero because it's like everybody seems like just a normal person for a bit and then Bakugo blows up nitroglycerin in their face and they're just fine. So it's like, okay, I guess they're all, they, everybody has some level of superhuman like cartoon shenanigans going on in my hero, but uh, and, and Avatar doesn't really have that. Zuko falls down like a two-story building at one point. That might be his best durability. Right, there, yeah. There's a few where he's like tough, but he's not like superhuman in any way. I mean, and also, like, sure, Todoroki might be weak to fire, but also Zuko is, too. Like, he, he, we can see the burns on both their faces. It's not like either of them are immune to anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get to it, but um, <laughs> if you want to apply Pokemon rules, uh, Ice is super effective against Zuko in a certain way. <laughs> we'll get to that. Question three. Oh, actually, that's the Zuko's next question. <laughs> yeah, Zuko is fine in the Arctic at the end of book one. Isn't it only weaker firebenders who have uh, been shown to have their binding negative, their bending negatively affect, affected by cold? Um, so Zuko obviously has those scenes when he's infiltrating the uh, Northern Water Tribe, um, where he's like melting through ice and whatnot, and, and he he's able to uh, break out of Katara's ice prisons, which we mentioned in the episode. Um, but after he captures Aang, like not he's fucked <laughs> like he goes out into the cold and cannot produce enough fire to keep himself alive because it is too cold so sure he's a better firebender in the cold than maybe some joe schmo off the street but it's still gonna be an issue for him um not to mention um uh, i don't think we actually mentioned this in the episode but um theoretically because Zuko is constantly shooting out fire and creating more heat around them, Shoto would have less of a problem with his ice power because Zuko would kind of be warming him up. Um, and yeah. the ice power is Zuko's weakness in this. So he just has more access to it. I swear to God, this was yeah. not the plan as we uh, like figured out this episode. Um, going into this episode, actually, um, I was... I was kind of leaning towards Zuko as a winner just because of his martial arts and speed. And uh, a lot of things came up. Actually, even the research team at first was like, yeah, Zuko's martial arts and speed are just going to make this his win. And then uh, after I I read through the rest of the My Hero manga and I was like, uh, we should probably reexamine some things. 
uh, and it ended up switching over to Shoto's favor. Um, so I know some people would look at this matchup and be like, well, Shoto clearly wins because he has ice and Zuko does not. But I, that's, it's not as simple as that. And it definitely mm -hmm. wasn't when it came to the research, but it definitely helps Shoto a lot, uh, a lot more than mm -hmm. I think we expected as we went into this fight. I think that covers everything. I kind of went, went off. I might have answered yeah, a future are. question with that, but let's go to the next one. Why was the Stain fight used as an example for Todoroki's close quarter skills when he struggles with that fight? Easy, quick question. Um, the fact that he could dodge Stain's attacks at all is a feat in and of themselves. And it was more so just to point out that while Shoto doesn't have as much experience with martial arts and close quarters combat as Zuko, he could still hold his own at least for a bit. So while that was an advantage that Zuko had, it wasn't like an easy win sort of advantage. That's it. Cool. Um, so then Azula's flames are significantly hotter than Zuko's and he can block them. So why did temperature matter? Oh boy. Um, so this goes back into what, what I was saying, how, uh, uh, death battle is more is less scientific analysis and more interpretive analysis um, because we don't actually know if Azula's fire is hotter than Zuko's. It's just blue for some reason. I, I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but theoretically, that means it's hotter, but it might not be. Um, either way, Zuko always struggled against Azula when she was in top form. She obviously was going through a lot of shit at the end of the series, which is why he was able to beat her. Um, but uh, when Azula is in top form, she's possibly the deadliest fighter in the entire Avatar series. Like, she's a beast. And I would love to bring Azula into a death battle at some point because she's awesome and crazy and deadly. She's a really cool character uh, and sad character in a lot of ways. But um, I love her to death. Uh, to death. Uh, but the blue fire, uh, the temperature specifically, was just something I kind of wanted to... So. We'll get to the calc thing. Well, let's let's cover the calc thing. Um, we didn't. We did calculate like the power that Zuko and Shoto might have, but a lot of a lot of the calcs that that we we developed for Zuko in particular were like scaling him to other benders and like how much energy does it take to change water into ice. In, in, in this amount of space. Uh, how much energy does it take for Aang in the Avatar state to make a giant canyon around a city that's in the comics? And that was those kinds of feats. Uh, I, I just didn't think scaled properly uh, because it uses different mediums and, and energy types. Like yeah. the, the energy that goes through water to make you do something is gonna act entirely different with fire. Um, they're very different mediums. One is much more malleable than the other. So uh, it just didn't really make sense to me to use that kind of scaling. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, we ended up having to focus on size of what they could create and temperature and, and get a general scope of their power levels from that instead. Because um, honestly, again, going back to their durability, it didn't really matter too much if one was stronger than the other, so long as they were somewhat even. Um, because the second one of them gets hit with an attack, they're basically fucked. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's it. That's that. Yeah. So uh, it, it really, what, what the main power difference was about was if one could overpower the other. And Shoto's ice is ridiculous. It's huge. Like Zuko could never hope to get through that 
as quickly as he would need to uh, in order to survive. So that's that. Um, the, the, there's certainly an element of death battle where like the calcs are fun, but like if we can answer uh, a fight with logic, uh, I'm gonna lean a little more in that direction because uh, it's it's less relying on just big numbers that people not might not really be able to like associate with what what it means. Like you know we can say a thousand yoda tons as much as we want but like do you know what that means exactly you might know what yoda means or whatever but like do you know what that Star means yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah. every time we bring that up now and gerard is editing an episode he puts yoda in whenever we mention yoda tons it's not even spelled the right yeah. way um, <laughs> i think that answered everything um yeah i don't know if i missed anything genevieve but i think that covers everything yeah, honestly, I think that overall, like, not using as many calcs, not just in this episode, but, like, in other ones, is just much more for a wider audience purpose than, like, anything else. I, extent, I, yeah. Even I am, like, confused half the time where I'm like, wait, how much is that? Like, what is a Yoda? I mean, is it in green? I'm like oh, a big no. nerd girl. <laughs> <laughs> really? uh, I just, I'll take that out of there. context, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, b- before we before we move on with any other topic, I just want to say like just want to say a, a big shout out to uh, Rose and Jerky for the surprise for this fight. Yes, because uh, uh, they turned out amazing, and we're uh, this first time Rose has ever worked on uh, a surprise fight for Death Battle, and I think she did a fantastic job, and we we're able to like really uh, pull a really awesome fight for you guys thanks to their uh, team effort. Yeah, actually, so, yeah. Let's take a quick break. As we settle into a new normal of uh, summer, is what we're still going to call it, despite being inside, Bespoke Post is here to uh, offer customized boxes that will make this interesting summer at least a little bit nicer. And they're guaranteed to upgrade your life. So Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter uh, what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to, uh, you know, barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. So yeah, like, I mean, we just got cool stuff, like, especially, I cannot uh, say enough good things about the bars, like, you know, it's not even just, like, they have, like, sometimes they have nice little cocktail sets, they also just have, like, cool barware, like, nice glasses and stuff, and, like, you know, you get little scotch rocks and things like that. It's uh, really awesome because a lot of times it's some, you know, stuff you probably wouldn't already have in your house. So you get just a nice tool that you really enjoy using, which is, you know, why I like them. Um, and so you can get started and find out what box might be the best box for you by taking a quiz at boxofawesome.com and uh, answer some, you know, simple questions. And then they'll suggest some boxes to you that you might uh, fall in love with, right? It's free to sign up and you can skip or cancel a month free at any time. And each box costs only $45, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. So get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code BATTLECAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com and the code BATTLECAST for 20% off your first box. Go check it out. We got more questions to answer, but I would like to throw it off, throw it off our typical uh, schedule, but- or not schedule, but format but let's let's do something different and talk a little bit about the animation before we get to question number six so yeah, yeah. uh animation for this um this is primarily you gus and zach um yep, the all-star sprite correct. team with jerky and rose <laughs> helping with sprites um what 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 were the steps that you guys took to make sure that 
this would work, especially with all of like martial arts and um, yeah. crazy like elemental effects going on. I think is there big, anything different uh, for this episode that other ones don't have? I I think the, the biggest difference is uh, the type of like um, the work that goes in, into this kind of fights. It's like there's a lot of like uh, uh, effects that in, they involve this fight. Uh, a lot of fire throwing and left and right and stuff like that. But like the way that the fire works, it's not like typical Dragon Ball Z kind of like uh, energy throwing and like you know. It's just a CCS like making the character do a move for the, the energy is being thrown. This like is more deliberately coming from like their uh like their hands, their feet, and like they're doing acrobatics and stuff like that. So we had to keep all that stuff in mind. And like it only uh that kind of stuff would be uh take a long time to do, but thanks to like a very mm -hmm. solid board by John, who who does an amazing job every single time. Uh, we were able to kind of piece together this fight. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, <laughs> a lot of crazy uh, choreographed stuff that we had to like pretty much like go over many many revisions. And I think we did a, a, a really solid job with uh, the final results. There's there's definitely I think a challenge in taking a character who is very martial arts based and translating that into mm -hmm. sprites. Um, cause yeah. sprites typically yeah. have some sort of limit in, in camera angles and how you can work with, obviously having jerky and rows there to, to, to build the custom puppets for us, um, helps yeah. a lot, but it's still one, a strictly flat sort of character. Yeah. And one of the ways that we, uh, end up having more, uh, options for our fights is that we're, we're doing this process where like we have our main puppet, uh, turnaround basically. So like what that means is like we have the character separated into into pieces and they're all connected. Uh, uh, they're all the pieces are connected to each other. And we animate that basically. And that that's what creates this smooth sprite animation. Uh, when do you move oh, your phone? You're killing me. Somebody's phone is yeah. vibrating like that was crazy. My phone. <laughs> is it the spam color again? It's the spam color again. Uh, don't worry about it. It's gone now. My bad. Uh, <laughs> So uh, as I was saying, uh, basically we have this turnaround sprites and they're all connected to each other, uh, you know, all the pieces, and then we animate that and that's it creates a smooth animation. Uh, but on top of that, to create those really solid like hits and punches, we have separate rigs specifically for those things. So we create custom sprites that have like the, the punch extended or the kick, and that, that's what really sells those hits a lot more uh, than using just completely just like a standalone uh, puppet uh, um, with no extra like um, poses. That's awesome. And I think the, the animation turned out uh, fantastic. You guys did such a beautiful job with it, especially the ice and fire effects. Um, wonderful job. Uh, real quick, I do yeah. want to mention something in the chat. Stephen Moore has been saying that uh, they're saying that they're doubting that we don't know complex numbers and that he doesn't like the reasoning. That's not exactly right. Uh, we might have worded that incorrectly. Um, it, it's, it's less that there are, uh, that we don't think people understand big numbers. And it's more that at a certain point, when you just start throwing a bunch of big numbers out there, um, th it starts to lose a lot of meaning. Like I think Beers versus uh, Galaxia is a great example. Um, we didn't use the numbers to come to the conclusion of how powerful they are. We just kind of essentially used universes as its own metric. 
because that is just easier to sort of compare than throwing out a bunch of big numbers and uh, relying on that on its own. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get too into it, but the next episode is also going to be pretty similar because the numbers get so fucking wild that it it's literally yeah it gets a little uh, nonsense oh my God. I mean, yeah yeah uh if, if you can look up okay so the next episode is is wally west versus archie sonic the fastest flash versus the fastest sonic um and you can look up any you know video of people calculating the maximum power of or the maximum speed of wally west or archie sonic and you're gonna get people just like saying like archie sonic is sixth dimensional and can run uh, 50 bajillion yeah. times quantum light or whatever it, like get into space that is just when you try to compare it it doesn't actually compare uh because you're just breaking physics and there's the logic of it kind of breaks down when, um when you get to it, the especially like, when you get to that level yeah the casual jog breaks the speed of light like that's when you know shit's gone out the window like <laughs> you're you're a little screwed at that point right <laughs> yeah um but so so it's less about like oh no people don't know what a yoda ton is and more about well is the yoda ton really necessary um or is it just going to make the the answer itself more complex or more complicated because uh, you could definitely look at some of our death i'm trying to think of one um in particular uh i mean you can basically look at all last season yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i will um, never get that. over ever <laughs> Um, if, if you look at a lot of episodes last season, we definitely really leaned into big numbers a lot and yeah. you could just pull out one episode from that season and be like, okay, totally makes sense. Works just fine. But then you just start watching a bunch of them and it's just the same kind of thing over and over. It's just like big number, big number, big number, big number. And it reaches a point where it's just like, all these arguments feel the same. And it would be better if we could take a more creative approach. So that's the general idea. I hope that kind of answers it. I know it's, I know it's a complicated thing. I mean, just as complicated as why we're, you know, taking the, uh, the calculations a little less, we're putting less of them in, but again, that's not like a thing mm -hmm. that's going to happen in every single episode. It's just episodes that make sense. And this is one where it made sense. Um, <laughs> get ready for next episode. Oh my gosh. It goes, a crazy one. <laughs> it gets nuts. Um, it, it, so it's it, been a we're not changing I, death battle. <laughs> completely it's it's just specific episodes where we feel like uh you could look at like um two or three seasons ago we we definitely had a more logic-based approach in a lot of things and it's sort of merging basically what i'm trying to do is merge early death battles like logical reasonings with the more recent death battles crazy calculations and find a nice balance between the two that's generally it so now it's just wally and sonic haha go zoom <laughs> <laughs> that's the script Oh yeah, my god, yep, that, that was it. <laughs> That's <laughs> all Liam turned in. <laughs> all right, next then question. What are we on? We are in questions. In crazy. Question six. Yeah, question six. Uh, how come Zuko didn't use any lightning? Did you guys forget? I'm sorry, Agent Indiana. The traditional counts are not going. They're not gone. It's just... I, I, sorry, this is frustrating. I, I'm saying, I, I feel like I've said multiple times, we're not removing an entire like section of death battle it's just we're mixing in something that death battle lost that's all sorry <laughs> yeah keep going yeah so no why didn't you use lightning in the fight did you forget no. uh-oh 
No, we didn't forget. It's more just like he only redirects lightning in the uh, cartoon. And while you could sort of assume that he could use lightning later on, it's not necessarily stated clearly. Yeah, lightning's a bit weird um, because theoretically, Zuko should be able to fire lightning because um, he has found balance within himself. The thing is, the the way lightning is used, the way it's described in the show, is cold-blooded fire. And the idea is that in order to fire lightning, you have to be, you have to use bending in the show generally and the comics generally, you know, we, we talked about how a uh, fire bending requires breath uh, or it requires movement or a mixture of the two. It also requires emotion mm -hmm. and most firebenders in the age of Sozin through Ozai uh, used a form of anger to control their, their fire. Most firebenders cannot lightning bend, and that is because lightning bend requires somebody to be able to firebend with no emotion, which is what I think makes Azula's fire blue. I'm pretty sure that's why. It's never stated, but I'm pretty sure that's why, because she is the only one who has that, and lightning is like her tried and true. She uses it more than any other character in the series. Um, the, the idea that, like, on one hand, I kind of feel like Zuko would never use lightning because that that isn't his style he he uses a positive form of firebending the dancing dragon and i don't think lightning would be part of that repertoire but at the same time it's like well theoretically he should still be able to use it um but we've never seen him use it so having him use it is kind of like uh, up in the air it's kind of like sozin's comment in a way uh, but at the same time at the end of the day even if he could it wouldn't really change the fight and if he did in the animation I feel like a lot of people would think that's weird, um, especially yeah, those I mean, who kind of think the way I do, where it's I, like, I think lightning be, bending is like an evil art. Yeah, I think it was, I was going to say, it'd kind of be like if you saw Yoda using like force lightning. Like theoretically, I, he has that control of the force, and I think he should be able to do that. But then if you see Yoda using force lightning, that's fucking weird. Why? He wouldn't, right? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. not, no. it's not like in his repertoire. Granted, the idea that lightning is like an evil art or whatever does seem kind of contrary to what happens in uh, Korra, where just a bunch of firebenders are using it to power the city, which really threw me off when that happened. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I think th there might be some sort of evolution firebending that we just never saw. I, I don't know. It's it's sort of, it's a very vague idea. So we just didn't really want to open up that can of worms and have everybody arguing like, oh, you should not be using lightning, especially since it didn't matter to the overall verdict. All right, next question. Uh, let's see. That would be seven. seven. Firebending doesn't always require movement and breath, as proven by Combustion Man. <laughs> sparky, Plus. sparky, boom, man. Um, so uh, I think this might be a misunderstanding of what we said in the episode. Uh, firebending re requires movement or breath. Um, combustion bending, A, is a unique genetic trait. Not every firebender can use it, nor can they learn how to use it. And B, it requires breath, like deep breath. Every single time a combustion bender uh, is about to use their power, they take a deep breath and then, boom, explode a thing. Uh, so, nah, I guess. <laughs> That's all, I'm pretty sure. All right, I think we're at the last question. Um, 
Yeah. Well, no, there's nine. But this one's the last one oh. for Zuko. So oh, can you explain? Really yeah. Can you explain why uh, Kaminari? I think I said that wrong. Uh, Kaminari's electricity was equated to lightning. Does this give a huge speed boost to all my hero characters? There's no way they can all move at relative light speeds. Uh, okay, this is this is something that I really wanted to address because uh, this is one of the things that came up pretty late in the research that changed the verdict or helped change the verdict from Zuko to Shoto. Um, and it's how fast is Kaminari's electric power? Um, so Kaminari's main power is just He's an electric boy who can just shoot out a huge discharge of electric of electricity and it can uh it can go a fair distance away from him but he has no control inherently over where it goes it's just sort of all over the place um and it, it fries his brain if he uses too much so electricity and lightning and lightning in particular is tricky to figure out when it comes to this like analysis thing because again we're not doing scientific analysis. We're doing interpretive analysis. And lightning, A, is not as fast as people think, and B, doesn't work the way most people seem to think. Uh, so the way lightning is often portrayed in anime or cartoons or whatever is it's just like this bolt of energy that fires from point A to B and crashes on the ground. Uh, it's not really how lightning works, though. Um, lightning is... Uh, okay. I don't want to get too into this because it, it goes into really complicated weather stuff, but lightning is essentially two charges in two different points finding each other. Um, and uh, the first charge, positive charge is usually on top, uh, sends out an ionized path to find the second charge. And then that second charge explodes, creating the ex quote explodes, creating the lightning strike and sends light up the, uh, the ionized path. The ionized path, path itself is called a stepped ladder uh, or stepped leader. And then the explosion, quote unquote, is called the return stroke of the light going back up. So that's the basic anatomy of a lightning bolt. Um, and both of those parts, those two parts, have different speeds. The leader moves much slower than I think people expect, uh, 200,000 miles an hour about. Um, oftentimes it's less than that. And then the return stroke is light going up. Uh, but it doesn't move the speed of light. It moves about a third the speed of light. So whenever lightning gets involved in a death battle uh, and people are catching it or dodging it, uh, it's our job to look at it and go, okay, which of these speeds are we using? Um, are we using the leader or are we using the return stroke? And 99% of the time, it's the return stroke because in order for lightning to even function, that ionized path has to be created. So... When Zuko is firing, or not Zuko, when Azula is firing lightning out of her fingers, the only logical, logical explanation is that she is firing the, the leader, and for some reason the charge, instead of being caught by it and pulled back, is just following it. She's like launching both at the same time. But you can't launch a return stroke without the leader. So we have to use the leader's speed, 200,000 miles per hour, um, which is much, much slower than light. Uh, obviously, it is very fast, and that's still a superhuman reaction speed. But most of the time, we are talking about reaction speed, and definitely in this case. So does Shoto, or not Shoto, does Tokoyami's Dark Shadow being able to block lightning mean that everybody in My Hero Academia is suddenly like incredibly fast? N no, 
I, I think it kind of adds up with like how quickly characters like All Might can move and and things like that. Um, and then again, this is a reaction speed we're talking about. Uh, and Kaminari specifically is able to catch lightning with his power. Um, th there's a lot of debate over how his power works, but the only thing that makes sense to me, making <laughs> light electricity travel through the air requires you to be able to make that leader, that path. You need to ionize the air. You need to create some sort of either magnet, uh, electromagnetic field um, or uh, send out a path. And he might have an electromagnetic field normally, but like the only way for him to do what he does in terms of attracting lightning to him is to send out ionized air. That's the only way it would work. Uh, and he does it twice yeah. or multiple times. He catches actual lightning in the movie, which just came out as we were making this and it threw everybody off. Like, wait, Kaminari's catching lightning. Uh oh, uh, that changes everything. Um, although we initially thought it was a reaction feat and I wasn't sure about that because of context, uh, but it, it eventually came up for this. Um, and then also when the team it's in the manga, they haven't gotten to this yet and I don't know how much I want to talk about it. Uh, but there is a scene with the paranormal liberation front where a bunch of heroes go into their building to take them out and they send in Kaminari first. And the whole point is they have some lightning type here of villains that are going to try to shoot us all. You need to pull all their electricity to yourself. So the only way he could do this is if he walked in and just shot off ionized air. And then the, their electricity hit the ionized air and then essentially create a return stroke to him and sent all that charge to him. So I think that's how his power works. It doesn't really make much sense for his power to work anywhere in any other way. Uh, some people compare it to like a Tesla gun, but a Tesla gun just launches a bit of electricity out in a short range, it can't attract electricity to it. Tesla guns are really cool, by the way, you should look that up. Um, th there's also the pointer and shooter that he uses, which is how he can direct his electricity. And the only way for that to work is if the pointer attracts his ionized path, and then he can send it uh, to the pointer. Um, normally, he just doesn't have control over it. But he would also have to be able to create enormous ionized paths in order to catch lightning or all of that electricity that the the paranormal villains were, were sending out. So at the end of the day, there were just so many things pointed to pointing to his light, his electricity works like lightning and can absorb lightning that we, we it, it wouldn't make sense to say that he couldn't match lightning, especially the, you know, the leader where it's, it's 200,000 miles per hour. It's not light speed in any, by any regard. Um, it is possible that his, uh, ionized paths are created slower than a lightning bolt. It's entirely possible. Lightning bolts move in all sorts of different speeds. 200,000 is kind of the max-ish for, uh, for leaders to move. Some of them are 100,000. Some of them are 150. Um, but the, this goes again into like, it's impossible to really determine the exact number similar to what we did with Beerus and Galaxia. And more so, we have to, we have to kind of look at it and say, this is what's possible. This is what makes sense to sort of attribute it to as a, not necessarily a generalized concept, but a most likely scenario. And then we just kind of have to go with that. So that's why we gave him lightning speed and Tokoyami's uh, Dark Shadow lightning speed reactions. And also, Bakugo is frequently mentioned to be super fucking fast. Like every, every, like every other fight he's in, it cuts to somebody who goes, oh, he's really quick. So like... It's clearly a thing, right? That like, yeah, Todoroki has to be quick too to keep up with this guy. Um, 
so that that's ultimately uh, all the reasons why we came to that conclusion. I know some people are going to disagree with that. Uh, I know a lot of people already have an idea of how fast uh, uh, his electricity moves, and that's fine. Again, interpretive analysis, not not necessarily scientific. Um, but that's what we came to. That's our conclusion. Did, did I miss anything, Jen? I think I covered it. Uh, so I was a little bit distracted by my mom coming in the door because I didn't respond to her text. Yeah, she came to check if I was on TV or not. Yeah, that's how she framed it. She <laughs> oh, texted, that's cute. "Are you still like on that. TV?" Still alive. And then oh, yes. she came nice. in the door, <laughs> nice, nice. and I was like, "Oh God!" The only thing faster than Toto's re reaction speed is my reaction speed to my mom coming in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Cool. Well, that, that kind of so, wraps up the questions. Um, yeah. The the, the next Question. thing was just Wally versus Sonic, which we already kind of talked about. Um, yeah, yeah, we're on that. Surprise! Um, That's what's yeah. next. It's gonna be crazy. Fast, um, and yeah, that was a that was a lot of answers, and I think that means we we're skipping what's going on because <sighs> well, I do want to talk. I I do want to talk to Jen a little bit about the writing. Um, so yeah. let's try to fit in something here. Um, <laughs> you, you, uh, so every, every time we, we, we start a new season, I kind of send out all the episodes and like, Hey writers, which episodes do you want to work on? And Genevieve jumped right on this one. She was uh, very excited yeah. for it. Why because is that? Growing up with Avatar as a, someone in my early twenties, I love Zuko so much um that that emo boy haircut that like traumatic backstory the like evolution of his arc from villain to hero uh all of it is just like choice so <laughs> so it came time for the battle and then uh i had to kill my husband so i guess it's like that old uh writing saying kill your darlings right because i had to kill my darling uh, i mean of spouses that... i have going on death battle i'm one for Can one He's like Vegeta without the daddy vibes is what it is, right? Like, that's the whole... Yeah, Louise, what was the question? Question later. Did you reflect your feelings that you had over Tsuko to Wiz's character in that episode? Because I felt that I felt that deeply. Yeah, there's a lot of good lines So I made, like, one comment in the initial script, and I was like, yeah, I kind of wanted to know if Wiz could have a crush on Zuko and Ben was like, oh, "Okay, sure." And then I leaned in real hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was totally on board with that. Um, I, I definitely was a bit inspired by Genevieve's feelings for Zuko. I thought, I was "Like, please." I mean, okay, let's be real here. Everybody has a crush on Zuko to some degree, and like, it it felt wrong to me to have a script that didn't address that in any way. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. when she was writing that, I was like, "Yeah." Shit, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> of course. It was that and so many fire puns. So many fire ice <laughs> exactly. puns. So much icy hot. So much all of that. Well, we had to fit that, that icy hot in there. Actually, <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, as we were, were recording, Chad was like, I'm going to try to find a way to fit in an icy hot pun. And I was like, well, Chad, this yeah. is a gen half <laughs> It's already yeah, there. Like, it's there. <laughs> I literally, uh, I've been working at Target for like a month and a half because, you know, paying those bills. And I have started making so many snack puns that my coworkers now will walk away from me if I start a sentence with, you know. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's tough. That's you like know. a, yeah. It's tough I mean, working I, in snack 
you just got Trisket. Okay. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, that's. I think that might be what we need to touch on. Is all right there. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> um, great job, Jen. All right, on to the community death battle. <laughs> yeah. <that's good. laughs> You've probably heard us talk about hymns before, and that's because, well, it's just a great company that's helping guys look and feel their best. But if you haven't heard us talk, I'm about to tell you a little bit more about them. So, did you know that 66% of men start to lose their hair by the age of 35? And once you've noticed, that's the time to start doing something about it. If your hairline is slowly going backwards, or if you're noticing just anything kind of funky going on up there in your headspace, don't lean into, like, weird snake oil or pseudoscience. Just follow some actual medicine and science with a product like you can get from Hems. So you go to 4 the one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. And uh, yeah, you can start looking and feeling better super quick. So uh, like I said, like there's a big thing with a lot of men's wellness that is just like pseudoscience and snake oil and like we've all seen gas station pills. Why would you buy medicine from the front counter of a gas station to help you with a serious problem. It's just insane. You should go and get actual help from doctors and scientists. And you can do that with hymns. And you don't actually have to go anywhere. I know it's a social distance right now and it might be scary to go, you know, to a doctor's office especially. But you don't have to do that because you can get those visits online. You don't have to do the awkward in-person doctor visits. You can just do them over the internet. Uh, and for hymns will connect you with a licensed medical professional and that can save you like just hours of your time and it's completely confidential and discreet so it's definitely a great option for the modern world right now and uh yeah all you have to do is answer a few quick questions a medical professional will review it and if they determine it's right for you boom there you go you're good to go um so yeah today hymns is going to give uh you the best offer and if you're not happy with the results after 90 days, Hims will give you a full refund. And right now, our listeners can get the first visit absolutely free. Go to forhims.com/cast. That's forhims.com/cast. Uh, full refund to price paid available for the first 90 days. Supplies refund request must be made between 90 and 180 days after product shipment delivered. Prescription products require an online consultation with a medical professional who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. So yeah, forhims.com slash cast. Go check it out. Uh, and don't listen to snake oil. Listen to scientists. That is something I will always say. Correctly, <laughs> uh, Rocket Raccoon versus Fox McCloud. That's some, that's some, that's what's going on. Um, uh, this was a Chad one. Chad picked this one. Uh, and then he decided not to be here for it. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was because I was a raccoon at the time. But, um... <laughs> okay. I, I, I forgot. I that, haven't seen a contest. Episode, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah you know, what happened? More of that bullshit. Uh, well, no, I was just using that program to be a raccoon for a little bit. I can't remember. Oh, mm. we were talking about spooky You're stuff. I didn't have dragon? a ghost, but I had a raccoon. Yeah, it was, there it was, was a, spicy. Um, if there was a death battle spicy, okay. out of context, that would definitely be in it. Yeah, was I guess it was kind of a drag Yeah, so we got a couple. We got a, obviously we have a couple of comedian answers. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's start with let's start with a rocket raccoon. I think 
he is a good answer there. So I had to stitch this one together, but Rocket has a weapon that scared a weakened Thanos into surrendering. Uh, he actually attached the panel for this. The It's kind of clever. He just knows it'll knock Thanos out, and then they can throw him into like a black hole, and he'll have to live forever. And Thanos is like, yeah, you're right, I'll just leave, because uh, it's a better just situation for him. Anyways, uh, he's tanked a direct hits from explosives with laser blasts, has cloaking devices that can turn ships invisible, and can avoid orbital detection, and is fast enough to avoid plasma blasts from feet away on a bike. A little space motorcycle, in fact. It's not just a pedal bicycle. Uh, <laughs> even Fox's reflectors can only take so much damage before it breaks, meaning that, all told, Rocket has the means to out-damage, outlast, and out-fox his opponent on foot or in the air. I liked that pun. That was mainly why I was here, is the out-fox. Like, I saw that, and I was like, well, that guy, he gets the points. Um, so, yeah, I, we can just jump straight into looking at Star Foxes. Fox took out Andros while he was amped up by the uh, Crozo spirits. Peppy specifically stating that he, if they didn't do anything, or if they don't get the energy under control, the planet will explode and take out the entire Lilat system. In Assault, we see the pilots comparable to their R-Wings with grounded combat. Yeah, it is a little ridiculous in all the games that, like, if you're just a guy, on, like, if you're just Fox or Slippy on feet with a gun, you can, like, take out tanks and shit, like... I know. I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to go as far as yeah. call the like uh, the N64 Star Fox multiplayer is canon, but like there are some options in that where you just like are absolutely the, the jam. Like you're, I mean, it's just for some attempted balance, but still. I mean, right? But at the same time, <laughs> it still requires like like their uh fire weapons and like what would their fire weapons be on foot basically would you be like I'm, smash brothers kind of weapons or like uh uh star fox assault basically i mean it, it, we would have to consider star fox assault and i i believe we would have to consider star fox 64 multiplayer as a possibility just because mm -hmm. star fox doesn't really have a single cannon like every other game reboots the whole series so or actually yeah. every game i think there's only the only canon game is the very first game that every other game is like, no, not even that. Cause Star Fox 64 is a remake of that. So there's yeah, no like timeline really. I guess assault and yeah. uh, uh, what is it? Commander command uh, might command into each other, but outside of that, but oh, command is also really, has like I don't know. 36 different in, uh, endings. It's yeah. really weird. Um, <laughs> there's not even a canon. Oh my ending. gosh. Most of them are really and like sad multiple in endings. Way. They become like F F one or F zero racers, but um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a weird one. And also, yeah, do you take Smash Brothers Fox? Like that's something I think is a is a weird. Concept. I think this would obviously, if we were to do a death battle, of this this would obviously become like a big topic among the researchers and writers. Um, but just off the top of my head, I think it would make sense to sort of composite everything for fox except for maybe yeah. some of the like real early stuff like there was a comic book when it initially came out that might not i don't really remember what happens in the comic book i know it goes into a black hole i think i think the r-wing survives a black hole um it might not match up with the games i'm not i don't remember uh there might be some things that are inconsistent but overall because of the way Star Fox is set up we'd probably have to treat it kind of like how we did shredder and just sort of combine everything that makes sense to combine. Yeah. Um, which includes them holding guns that can destroy tanks. So yeah, I don't know. I still think rocket raccoon has this one and I see a lot of comments in the chat uh, saying that, mm -hmm. yeah, rockets arsenal is way more powerful. So 
I think I'm yeah. leaning towards Rocket. I also, I like both these characters a lot, but Rocket's just a lot of fun. Do you really like Fox McCloud though? Like, I feel like Peppy uh, and Falco are better characters in like, I don't know, Fox is just feels yeah. so generic to me as like type A protagonist. He's very much a blank slate kind of character in a way. Um, yeah. yeah. Or, or at, the, at most he's like a Luke Skywalker S character, um, like early Luke, also, where it's like, I'm going to go find my dad. No one in that world really is named after their creature. Like his father's James McCloud, Peppy, Slippy. Like <laughs> we get this. Falco's a little on the nose, yeah. But like that would be like <laughs> one of us having a kid and being like, "Hmm, this is Human Singer." Like that's fucking insane. <laughs> like, no, you shouldn't do that, right? That's wild shit. Um. Yeah, yeah I so I'm going with Rocket for that reasoning. He wouldn't name his kid like <laughs> Raccoon Raccoon. Um, well, you see, uh, the, the, the reason why also. the reason why I would go with Fox uh, over Rocket is that, as far as I know, right? I don't know, I don't know much about Rocket, but uh, I do know that uh, if we take the Smash Brothers canon, as in Fox can summon the Landmaster. It can summon the R wing at any point during a fight. That pretty much gives him a huge advantage. Uh, being able to not only uh, like attack him from the ground, also go uh, go up in the sky, and just like at, at that point, what does Rocket? What can Rocket do? Um, of course, you know, like I will have to know more about uh, Rocket. But I think, from my knowledge, I think I will go with Fats based on that. Mm hmm. Summoning a lamb master from the sky is pretty rocket. intense. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, uh, you know, he hates being called cuddly so much, but he's very cuddly. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that Rocket has a way to like react to a lot of things that Fox would bring up in a fight with, you know, his big, big raccoon brain. He's got, uh, yeah, he's got yeah. arguably a larger arsenal as well. So, yeah. yeah. And, and they're all like compact and can shrink and things like that. So Genevieve, are I, you yeah. voting for Rocket because A <laughs> yeah. is big raccoon brain and B because he's cuddly? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Have you I'm seen raccoons in real life? Like, okay, foxes, yeah, okay, Dude, yeah, they can there's get into There's one stuff, that's in the dumpster in real out. life, they have little hands. Like Genevieve. Yeah. Genevieve, I need there's to There's one that's you. in the dumpster oh. that, so a like, quick, quick story. There's a raccoon that frequents my, the dumpster uh, where I live. And one day I was taking out the trash and wasn't paying attention, tossed it in and accidentally hit the shit out of this raccoon. And ever since oh, then, no. the raccoon fucking hates me. And anytime I go to the, anytime I go to the, the, the garbage and he's there, he's just like throwing shit. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's it sucks. Awesome. We had three of these bastards living in the wall, and we had to strap them all. And then we trapped two out of three of them, and, like, we used a nice company that doesn't kill them. They trapped them and let them go in, like, the one of the, the state parks, like, an hour south. And um, But now the third one, I think he gets drunk or something, and he comes into the yard at night where his his siblings were captured, and he, like, cries. And it's very sad. It's oh, like right no. outside our bedroom window, and like you just hear him, and he's like hitting the ground, and like it's just such a it's such a sad time for this little man. And then we let the dogs out, and they take some off. But it's you know, <laughs> no, oh, yeah, my gosh. 
That's so sad. I mean, they, they fucking were ruining the inside of our walls. Like, it's not like they were. <laughs> like, they did their I mean, own bad. All right. It is. It is. <laughs> it is 1 p.m. So, so let's yeah. wrap this up. But I feel like, are we all voting for Rocket except for Luis? Yep. Yes. I, I don't right. know how big of a brain you need to be able to see a landmaster <laughs> coming down from the sky. So I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. Then uh, let's go ahead and bring up the poll and see what you guys had to say. Oh, Rocket. Okay. Hey. It's kind of close, but yeah. Rocket wins. Yeah. 40, it's official. 43% think that uh, that a line, giant landmaster is going to come down from the sky and kill Rocket. And 56% or almost 57% agree that Rocket is just too cuddly and too big-brained. All right. I do you think uh, as that always... Rocket deals with bigger threats and like that it counts for something? Like he deals with much bigger threats than just Andros. Yeah, yeah. Andros is a pretty um, big threat. But regardless, yeah. uh, let's wrap this up by uh, setting up the next week's community death battle. I mentioned Azula earlier, and I've seen a lot of you guys mentioning Cinder, uh, our own Cinder from Ruby, as a great matchup for her. So let's go ahead and nice. do that. Azula versus Cinder Fall. I think that's a great matchup to try out. Um, as always, you can let us know who you think should win uh, and why using hashtag DeathBattleCast on Twitter. And we will have a poll up later on this week when this episode goes public um, where you can vote for who should win. And next week, we will figure out who should win between Azula from Avatar and Cinderfall from Wubby. Um, all right. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you, uh, Genevieve, for jumping in. Uh, it's always I'm great having you. Fantastic job on the episode. It was trending, which is cool. It was trending for like two days in a row. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I'm just so love trendy. It. <laughs> of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we got you here. <laughs> uh, all right. And thank you all for watching. If you are a first member, we really appreciate it. You can check us out and the extended extra part of death metal cast in our sudden death show which we'll be recording after this uh to be released later um and we will see you all next week Bye.